You know, ever since I was a little girl, I thought I was supposed to do something special. I felt like I had like a special gift and I was supposed to do something. And I think it is bringing people together. You know, I was the little girl with the lemonade stand. There was many times where I wanted to give up because it was just overwhelming. And so it just became like a part of me. And I do want to leave something behind that's greater than me. So this is a very important project because I feel like I'm positioning myself to really influence and change a lot of people's lives in a positive way and improve their quality of life because we're more obese and, and sick than ever. That's Lisa Doherty, and this is episode 193 of Wellness Force Radio. What's up, my friend? It's your host, Josh Trent, and welcome back to another episode for your weekly access to global experts in all things wellness as we discover the physical and emotional intelligence we need to live life well. In this podcast, we're standing tall and moving forward for the continuation of our best of the best in physical intelligence, our hashtag Stand Tall series, brought to you by our partners at IntelliSkin, where you can learn more about the smart compression that keeps your shoulders pulled back, that keeps you in better posture through this human technology in your weekend, in your sports, or at the sitting or standing desk. Learn more at IntelliSkin.net and be sure to use code WF20 to save 20% off your smart compression today. That's code WF20 for the 20% hookup at IntelliSkin.net. We're talking today about the shift in our chronic care for the aging population, this increasingly larger care management segment of baby boomers that holds 45%, 45% of our national wealth and influence so many things in healthcare. What we're all working towards in the wellness and fitness industries is really a renewal, a revival of a proactive self-care and empowerment plan that'll change our sick care system that's broken to true healthcare. And our guest today, Lisa Doherty, president and founder of MedFit Network, is showing us how her organization is gathering pros from all areas of the world to address chronic care and help this special population adapt to a healthier lifestyle. And through the use of the internet and smart data, Lisa is talking about how we can start providing these people that are suffering, people that are in pain, people that are dealing with chronic pain management to have a place to begin with a deep breath and a real trusted step forward. I know you're going to enjoy Lisa's presence and learn so much from her. After decades of being in the fitness industry, she shares vulnerably and powerfully on this podcast about why she created MedFit Network in the first place and what she's working on for the fitness industry that is going to change the landscape of how chronic care is addressed. Whether you're a fitness or wellness pro, somebody that works with clients, or you're somebody who just cares about our human condition and is leveling up their physical intelligence, Lisa's talking to us about the steps that the medical fitness and wellness industries are taking to ensure baby boomers have a high quality of life as they age. So how do we do this? How do we give baby boomers a starting place and a trusted path to live that healthy life they desire? The answer to that question and so much more with our featured guest today, Lisa Doherty. Be sure to check out all the show notes at wellnessforce.com forward slash 193. Learn more about Lisa. And if you're a fitness or movement or health professional, this is a website and a community that is not to be missed. Let's drop in with Lisa. Lisa, so great to connect with you. Welcome to Wellness Force Radio. Thank you, Josh. 
this medical, this fitness, we need them both. They're both really important to us living a life well. But your story, I, I know a lot about you. I've dug into this for over a year. I actually, people don't know this about me. I used to host a fitness technology podcast. And we talked to J.R. Burgess, who's one of your colleagues in this mm. globe, this hemisphere of people that are combining fitness and also technology and the medical side of this. But I got to ask you, like, did this come to you in a flash? How did you even formulate the name? What did that look like? Did you go buy the URL and go daddy one night? Like take us to the very beginning, Lisa. <laughs> oh, well, you know how it all started is, well, I've been a um, fitness professional for about 20 years and went to school at UCI and I've been very interested in working with people, you know, special populations, uh, if you will, that's what they were called. People that have chronic disease, medical conditions, disabilities. And because I had a strong business background, I had a really great website and people were emailing me from all over the United States asking if there was a fitness professional like me near them. I mean, you know, my daughter has type one diabetes in Washington, DC. Do you know anybody here? You know, my mother's a breast cancer survivor in San Jose. Do you know anyone here? And I wish that's how the fitness industry worked is that I would just pick up and call Susie Q in Washington, DC and tell her I have someone for her. So I found that there was definitely a need that people that had these health challenges wanted to exercise, you know, exercise is medicine, and they weren't able to find these professionals. So that kind of got me going, and then I had a great relationship with a couple doctors at um, UCI, and I still do. They're on my board, and they know there's a tsunami of baby boomers coming, and in the next 13 years, there's going to be 100 million people on Medicare, and doctors are telling people to start an exercise program, and they're on the internet trying to find help, and there's no directory. I mean, you can go on Yelp and see you know, who's on Yelp, but that doesn't tell you about their education and and so forth. So we went, um, this was a UCI project and we thought medical fitness uh, because it it kind of bridges the gap between medicine and and exercise. And we used the business school to do our business plan. We had volunteer software engineers build our website and a lot of people donated their time to help contribute content, set up the screening protocol for all these professionals. And it took us about 18 months to um, build this website that was thousands of pages. And what it would do would be to manage uh, data. And while we were doing this and we chose the name Medical Fitness Network, we found out that a lot of other allied healthcare professionals thought this was a good idea to be part of this registry and part of this project. And so we added other professions like chiropractors, acupuncturists, dietitians, um, health and wellness coaches, et cetera. And I was kind of concerned because we already bought the name Medical Fitness and how does a chiropractor or dietitian fit into that? And so our uh, chief medical officer, who's a, a sports uh, doctor, said, well, you know, you could have brain exercise, anything. It's just, it's fitness is wellness. And this could encompass, you know, all the different industries. And as you know, later on this year, I did rebrand and change it to MedFit network so that it truly does encompass all the professions that are part of this um, registry. Yes. And the fascinating part about this is like, this has not been some kind of linear, easy path for you. I know the challenges of running a business, especially Lisa, when you do it from the ground up, I think about medicine in general, first do no harm. 
I mean, that's in the medical dictionary. That's actually why the snakes wrap around the staff in medicine. This Mm -hmm. doing no harm. I think this really people that are driven to do this kind of work where we're taking care of other people. It's what led me to be a trainer was my own discomfort, my own pain from the beginning. But creating this huge platform, it's like you don't do this without a strong ethos as to why. Like, what is your burning why to actually do this? Well, um, besides everyone emailing me, um, my father, when I uh, started this, was on uh, cancer number two five years ago, and he was in, uh, he lives in, or lived in Orlando, Florida. He died in 2016 of cancer number four, but, you know, I found me trying to help him from California in Florida, trying to find a, you know, trainer that, you know, knew that my dad's probably going to have osteoporosis because he went through chemotherapy or find a cranial sacral therapist, to, you know, help him or a dietitian with a new diet. It was really hard for me to find someone there to help my dad. And I know there's a lot of caregivers throughout the United States that have parents somewhere else and they're online trying to help their parent, and it's really hard. And I wanted to create a place where these people would get screened by us and they had a background or education in any of these conditions, you know, Alzheimer's, arthritis, you know, cancer, osteoporosis, Parkinson's. And, you know, how we grew this registry was reaching out to different schools and colleges that offered education on these topics and invited those people to join this registry. And everything was free when we started. It was volunteer-driven, membership was free, and we didn't want any investors. We didn't want anyone to control this project or have anything vested in it uh, or influence what we wanted to do. And it was, our, our model was we wanted to bring everybody together to serve the greater good. Yeah. And that always was in my email signature line as I built this project. And I would reach out to different uh, businesses and I offered them free advertising on here. And I said, even though we have no traffic, we just built this, but you're the first on board. And would you, in exchange, send emails or or post on your website um, our membership drive? So the professionals that shopped with you, bought your services, bought your courses would know we're trying to do this project and then exists. And to my surprise, a hundred businesses later, I had supporting this project, all sending emails out, putting ads on their website, putting stuff in their newsletter, because they all believed that this project was super important. The medical fitness mission, it's more than just medical and fitness. This is a collective. You're, you're building a global collective here because chronic health and people that are suffering from mental health specifically, I'm curious how MFN does address mental health challenges. How does this specificity work? You know, there's a lot of people that have had somebody, you know, in their extended family. I'm sure we all have someone that suffers from that. Well, you know, it's it's interesting. We did a lot of research when we founded this five years ago. And at the time, according to the National Alliance of Mental Health, there was 46 million people on antidepressants. And um, that was five years ago. And that's like one sixth of our nation. That, that's just on that. That's not do the PSD and, you know, other stronger things, uh, you know, mental illnesses. And a lot of these people, because they have these issues, are then getting into obesity and inactivity. And that leads to diabetes, cardiovascular disease. And so these people need to find help as far as wellness, not only for brain, but for, you know, uh, their, their body and exercise and fitness and finding a practitioner that understands where they're coming from, about their medications that they're on and how it may interact with their heart response to exercise. Or A lot of these medications cause weight gain and the doctors are telling them to lose weight. 
yeah. <laughs> while they're prescribing that. So these people have like a double challenge doing that. So we do have fitness professionals that address that. We do have dietitians to help these people because they usually have multiple things. And we do have uh, psychiatrists and health and wellness coaches that are part of this network now. Fill us in here with the Medical Fitness Tour. Uh, this is a collaboration between three different organizations within an umbrella of really helping people, people that have this, this chronic care and also the pros that allow them to heal through these different modalities. Uh, let's talk about that a little bit, the tour. Sure. So, you know, since I've been acting like a nonprofit for the last five years, I actually started one last year, the MedFit Education Foundation. And it is tasked with, you know, educating the professionals in this registry so they stay, you know, up to date on, you know, all of those um, conditions that I mentioned earlier. And to also spread awareness that this is a, a huge segment of our population is now coming into this. Like I said, with 100 million baby boomers, according to the CDC, you know, 80% of them have um, one chronic disease and 50% have two or more. So that's a huge percent of our population. And so I started the medical fitness tour this year and it launched in Phoenix, Arizona last month. And what my foundation is doing is facilitating uh, education in a traveling conference um, throughout the United States for professionals to stay up to date on all these topics. And I have presenters from all over the United States um, donating their time and uh, flying to speak at these conferences. And um, they're single track. So an attendee would come for the weekend and attend 10 educational sessions that kind of have a cohesiveness to them. Yeah. So that when they leave, they can go back and actually apply this with, you know, patients, clients, members, if they're a, a gym or a studio or, you know, something like that. And, you know, my goal is to do four this year and six next year and to continue growing this project uh, as far as the traveling conferences uh, portion of it. This is such a big piece. I look at the in-persons you're doing, but then I also see on your site searching for fitness or allied health professionals. This part, I think a lot of people have tried to do what you're doing. Why do you think you've been so successful though? I mean, I go on there, I can put in my zip code, I can find anyone from like an acupuncturist or a yoga professional, and then also dealing with these special conditions. Why do you think you've been so successful though? You know, I think it's the nature of the project because it was volunteer driven. It was so heartfelt. And originally, the first couple years, you know, it was free. We were trying to beat the drum that we all need to come together to serve the greater good. And this has the highest growth potential as ed education in these areas. And I think a lot of people really thought this was super important. So, you know, it is a boutique directory. You're not going to find a CrossFit gym on here unless they have a cancer exercise specialist. <laughs> and it's just going to be very high-end professionals. And you know, I, I don't know if you uh, read in my bio, but, you know, we caught the um, interest of the Huffington Post. They interviewed me a couple years ago, and that gave the project a lot of attention. We had a, a lady who was a writer for them, and she had type 1 diabetes, and she actually came here to find help. And because I'm, you know, cook, bottle washer and everything, I took her email, and I helped her find some professionals to help her. Yeah. 
And she asked me about the project, and then she told me she was with the Huffington Post, and if she could interview me and uh, feature this project in there. And so that brought a lot of attention to the project. And then a few months after that is when I was acknowledged by the White House as a champion of change um, finalist for putting this registry together and making exercises medicine. And again, that caught up a lot of attention. So I think the momentum of you know all of this has brought a lot of eyeballs on the website, uh, practitioners and people. How important has your own faith, your own belief in yourself, your abilities, and possibly higher intelligence, how has that shaped you formulating MFN? Wow, you know, that's a great question and can almost make me cry. You know, ever since I was a little girl, I thought I was supposed to do something special. And my dad always told me that I was a special person and that I was going to do something and leave something behind in my life. And he was going to see me on TV one day. And I would always tell my dad, I don't want to be on TV. I'm really shy. But I, I felt like I had like a special gift and I was supposed to do something. And I think it is bringing people together. You know, I was the little girl with the lemonade stand. And so, you know, when my dad was going through all this, he was very supportive. He was my mentor. And there was many times where I wanted to give up because it was just overwhelming. And he kept saying, you can't give up. You can't give up. And so it just became like a part of me. And I do want to leave something behind that's greater than me. So this is a very important project because I feel like I'm positioning myself to really influence and change a lot of people's lives in a positive way and improve their quality of life because we're more obese and and sick than ever. Oh my gosh. um, I I just want to pause and acknowledge just how deep we all feel your connection to why you do what you do, like leading a movement, leaving this legacy. We know that everyone, my grandpa, your father, everyone who's not with us anymore, they're watching us. They're proud of us. And you are being completely spotlighted for not just the work that you're doing in medical fitness, but honestly, this is a healing aspect of this world. I think so many people right now are searching, maybe scrambling. We've never had more info, Lisa, but it's never been more hard to find the info that actually applies to us. What do you think about this, this landscape that we look at, the internet? It's so challenging for people to find the right things and and who they can trust. You know, absolutely. That was yet another uh, motive for me to create this. You know, I I picture my mom on the internet trying to find an acupuncturist and I'm I'm actually frightened. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You know, she's 78 and oh my God, my mom doesn't know if they accept her insurance or anything about them. And she has chronic pain and knee replacement and, you know, osteoporosis, arthritis. And so I I think it is overwhelming out there. And I wanted this to be the go-to place where doctors were part of creating this. I have a whole medical advisory board. We have leaders in all these professions that are part of the advisory board. And it's so many professions and the medical community that have come together to create this project. And so it is a trusted site. And that's why we have 30 medical and health organizations that all point to here for their constituents to find help and resources, the National Arthritis Foundation, the Osteoporosis Foundation, the American Breast Cancer Foundation, to name a few, all point here for people to get help. Yeah, and people get help. And sometimes the hardest part, I don't know if you've come across this when people even reach out or maybe you hear this from your other network providers, the hardest part sometimes can be just someone raising their hand and saying, I need help. It's that vulnerability where they put their hand in the air and they're like, you know what? I've had pain for years. I'm finally ready to seek out a professional. How do you see that part becoming more of a focus, not just in fitness, but in our world in general? This sick care system is broken. It's completely broken. 
You know, it's interesting that you say that because over the past couple months, for whatever reason, I am getting more emails from people that have, you know, chronic pain or really tough health challenges, and they know they're going to live a lot longer and they want to do something about it. And I think before they didn't know what to do or if there was anything they can do. And I think now they're hearing, you know, diet and exercise, diet and exercise. And so they want to do this. They want to make these changes and because they've been not well for so long. So we're, you know, trying to find people to help these people. And it's interesting, quite a few from Florida. I know a lot of retirees go yes. to Florida. So I think there's, you know, Florida, Arizona. Arizona. I get lots of emails. <laughs> yeah. Flo- yeah. Emails from people in Florida recently over the past couple of months, cancer, osteoporosis, arthritis, MS. A lot of people with MS have been reaching out to this network to try to find help because if they don't do something, you know, their disease is going to progress where they end up in a wheelchair or in bed. But if they can, they could manage it through diet and exercise. And I don't want to say be symptom free, but they can have a pretty decent quality of life yeah. um, if they start doing these things. So there's many different arms of healing here. You know, acupuncture is one thing. Yep. Yoga yep. is another physical therapist. There's many different categories of you have a provider's uh, section on your website. But I'm also thinking about the emotional intelligence. You know, for someone to get well, for someone to use these tools that you have available, they first have to make that decision on their own. And and that right there is something that I wonder if you could touch on what you see as far as a narrative in the medical and in the fitness industry that you believe could be changed to make people feel like they can reach out, like they can be more vulnerable and they can actually take charge of their own healing. Well, you know, that, that's actually the, the next phase of what I want to do with this project with the launch of MedFit TV. And that should be launching, I hope, in the next month. I mean, the website's ready and everything. But we want to interview people that have health challenges and chronic disease and what they've done to improve the quality of their life. We already have a bunch of interviews scheduled and also have um, content on there that, you know, if you can't get to a a gym or uh, hire someone, here's what you can do for diet or if you're a cancer survivor and you want to start off somewhere, here are some things you could do at home. And this will all be under my MedFit TV project. It'll be free for the community. It'll be free education for those that are part of this registry and otherwise it'll be supported by, you know, donations, um, sponsorships, because I really, really want to continue to try to make everything free that I can so that people, that's not a, a limiting factor for them to get help. What do you think is a, is a limiting factor though, for people that want to get that help that might be blocked? In other words, do you think that there is a narrative? And I want to go back to this because I've seen it in my experience where, you know, the diet and exercise approach, it's very powerful and it's important, but it's not everything. What do you think is missing from the conversation when we look at people getting the healing they deserve? Well, you know, some people are becoming caregivers And I mean, I see this just in my circle of people in my life, and they are trying to get in better shape and health to take care of a parent. Or there's older people that are being motivated to make changes in their life to spend better quality time with their grandkids. And then there's the circle of aging people that don't want to retire because they they can't, and so they have to work longer. And so they're looking at trying to get healthier so they can continue doing their job for longer. So there's different, you know, motivational factors, being a caregiver, your your grandchildren um, working longer that I think are pushing people out there to maybe do something that they might not have otherwise. 
and be motivated to, you know, change diet and, you know, exercise or get into breathing or meditation or yoga. I, I see that as a trend now. Yeah. And it's a trend. It's funny. I feel like we're going back to how things have always been, but yet as right. technology grows, it's so challenging for us, Lisa. I think about the elders in a Native American culture. I consider you to be one of the really elders and intelligent elders, people that can give from a true experiential. You've done the work. You've done decades of this work. What have you seen from the beginning of your journey, starting out way back in fitness to now and actually leading the movement you're leading now? Oh, you know, definitely there's been a shift over the last several years. And, and again, that's with our aging population. And, you know, they're a third of our nation, but they're also 45% of our wealth. And I think their mindsets are influencing just a bunch of things in the United States from products to services to just everything. And I think this, these people, I think they want more. I think they've all worked really hard in their life because that's what their parents, that generation prior to them, told them to do. And, yeah. you know, work, get all your stuff done before you have fun or go on vacation. And they're, they're having a mindset like an awakening that they want to do something for themselves or be a better version of themselves so they can help others or spend time with others or be productive longer. And I mean, just in my, cause you know, I'm, I earn a living as a personal training. I, I don't donate my time to this project. And right now it's, it's interesting. I would say 90% of my clients are over 55. And when I started 20 years ago, people 60 weren't hiring me. Um, that was a different generation. I think people 20 years ago that were 60 were old and maybe we were dying at 75, but that's not the trend now that I'm getting. These, these people are embracing this and embracing the aging and they want more. And they want to thrive. They want to live they do. these last, you know, 30 to 40 years of their life, not just surviving, but like actually truly thriving. We see this trend, I guess you could say, but it's really the return to what we always know that's been real. It's it's medical exercise specialist. ACE has one. Um, we know that NASM does this as well. Many of the major certifying bodies in the fitness industry have a very strong focus on medical fitness. Do you think there's going to be even more as the years go by, these next three to five years, there's going to be even more baby boomers entering this market? How do we prepare? I mean, how does the wellness industry team up with the fitness industry? So it's not just about diet and exercise. You know, uh, that that's actually brings two thoughts to mind. And it is the team approach to healthcare. And, you know, my vision of this project is doctors writing exercise prescriptions and saying to go here to fill them. And then yes. as you <laughs> I would love that. Can we all just pause and say how beautiful that would be? Yes, I would love that. But, you know, an, an interesting story that I want to share with you is that when I had my first medical fitness uh, tour conference in Phoenix, there was three trainers from a club in uh, Texas, and it's a private country club. And I just spoke with them last week, and they were saying how their members are aging and their staff is not educated to work with their aging members. And, you know, their members of this particular private club are either millionaires or billionaires. Um, and they're among one of like the hundred elite clubs in the United States. And so they're looking, they're, they're, once they're fitness professionals, they have 21 people that work at that club. 
to get education and there's no education out there because their members are getting osteoporosis, arthritis, they're cancer survivors, they have diabetes, they're cardiovascular disease. Yeah. And so they want to start training their trainers to engage that. So that, that's a really interesting thing that I think the gyms are, uh, you know, whether it be an Equinox, Lifetime Fitness, a country club, that there is this aging population coming and that we have to be prepared and education is so powerful. And, and with education, there has to be, in my opinion, information without any kind of emotion behind it. It's just zeros and ones. Uh, this binary approach that we've seen for so long. I mean, look, I lost 80 pounds when I was in my early 20s. It's what actually brought me to fitness and, and knowing the, the catalyzing power of fitness. But now I think, Lisa, because we're in this environment where there is so much and people are so busy, I don't know anyone that's less busy or less full than they were before. I think organizations like yours are very powerful because they almost put an overlay, a context on all of the things that are possible and really a framework for what is actually going to happen. This going to happen is, I think, really trusting for people as they age, these baby boomers. And I know that I think about my mom as well. You know, my mom uh, has dealt with a mental disorder and she does the best she can. And I think, how could I plug her into this system, you know, personally here? Right. Well, Definitely finding a fitness professional or making sure, I mean, diet. I mean, there's, I know, anti-inflammatory diet, and I'm not an expert to speak on that topic, but I imagine there has to be something that supports brain health. We're doing a webinar this Tuesday with Dr. Joel Furman. He actually has done a lot of nutrition research about how food affects the body and, and about how to eat healthfully to live to be 100. So I'd be curious to see if he touches on you know, brain health uh, and diet. Um, and, you know, so people like him are out there because that is an important topic is, you know, brain health. And, um, you know, as far as the, the, the Alzheimer's that's uh, developing in the United States, too, is just the numbers are just growing and that could wipe a family out. Yeah, this connection between our gut and our brain. Um, Dr. Yep. David Perlmutter, we had him on the show a couple years back. And I think about this strong connection now to having a framework for people they can trust, number one, and then the trainers, the coaches, the therapists, number two, to walk them through that journey. We're not meant to do this thing alone, Lisa. And what you've created here, I just want to acknowledge what you've created. You've created this framework for people where they can go, they can find a professional they can trust, and they can actually get to the work of healing, which is truly what they deserve. Uh, I want to ask you these last three questions here. Uh, the first one is around emotions. What has been your emotional intelligence practice? Do you meditate? Do you, um, you know, go running with your dog? <laughs> what does emotional <laughs> intelligence look like for you to unplug and, and plug back into you? You know, yes, running with my dog would be one. I somehow managed to get in like eight hours of exercise every week, whether it be strength training or um, I like hits training. I love jumping rope. Probably do that five days a week. And no matter how tired I am or whatever's on my mind, after I exercise, I always feel better. And I retire every night uh, at a certain time and spend time with my pets. I really enjoy them. And I, I try to create some peace and balance in my life. And I didn't do that when I first started this project. And it actually affected my health and landed me in urgent care because I was so run down. And that was a huge wake-up call for me. So creating balance in my life, I did that. And I'm surprisingly, I still have all the same amount of time. So it's so funny when people say they don't have enough time, you just kind of prioritize. And when you're on top of your game and you're well, I think you're twice as more productive. I am 
Yeah. And I'm doing it in less time. <laughs> that goes flies in the face of people that say sleep when you're dead. No, you sleep now. You take care of yourself right now. So what about physical intelligence? You know, we talk about emotions and our physical practice on the show. So what are you physically doing right now that's an edge for you? You know, something like a new piece of training or something that you're just generally curious about? Well, I am going through menopause. I'm 54 years old. And one of the things I'm trying to focus on is um, keeping my lean body mass up, my bone density and my muscle mass, because I know as I hit 60, it's really going to be tough. So I've increased my strength training. I'm doing drop sets now at 54 mm. and heavier lifting. And I think that's really important as for me aging. And again, as I mentioned earlier, I love the HITS training. You know, I'm running a quarter mile as fast as I can. I'm jumping rope. I'm on the spin bike for two minutes. I'm climbing 30 stairs and I'm doing circuit training like that. And it makes me all around fit and nothing hurts when I train that way versus yeah. when I used to go out and run 30 miles a week. Yeah, I just, I, I can't in my 50s. This is innate for you, though. This has been a life practice for you, Lisa. You know, this wellness, this self-care, this self-love practice, honestly. And it ties into our last question today, and it's wellness. We know that wellness is a combination of physical, emotional, and spiritual. But how do you define it? How, how does Lisa Doherty define wellness in her life? You know, as cliche as it sounds, you know, it's really about balance and protecting your personal boundaries, yourself. You know, I'm a very giving person, as you could probably tell from just doing this project, but I try to keep that balance for myself. When I get out of balance, I get sick. I do. And so doing that, spending Sundays and being peaceful, I know I'm doing this interview with you today, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, it's about connecting with my family, making phone calls and just that balance, that's, that's to me, I know as cliche as it sounds, but that's the, the wellness or, you know, the all three put together um, yeah. for me, if I answered that. That's fantastic because I feel like sometimes the truth, it seems to be like it's hiding, but it typically can be in plain sight. I mean, looking at what you just said, it is this balancing act. Like, yeah, you might work on a Sunday once and that's okay. It's giving yourself the grace along the way. Parting guidance for us before we link everything about uh, MFN and the show notes and everything you're up to in the next probably three parts of, of 2018 and you have so much going on when I look online, but give us guidance around this acceptance part, you know, falling off the wagon, getting back on, you've worked with clients for two decades plus. What does that look like as far as giving yourself grace? <laughs> oh, you know, that's tough. I still, sometimes I'm really tough on myself. Like I said, I lost my dad a couple years ago to cancer number four. And when I feel that way, I always think, well, what would my dad say to me? when I face a moment like that. And somehow I'm able to connect with that. And I know the right thing, <laughs> what to do is, you know? And so I think, you know, having that moment and, uh, you know, doing that, I don't know, keeps me, you know, grounded. Staying grounded and also having a lot of dreams that are connected and getting people to this place where they don't have to be in pain. They actually can take ownership and heal their life. Thank you so much for what you do. I just want to pause and acknowledge not just medfitnetwork.org, but also you. I mean, you took something that so many people choose to just kind of be a victim from and you've turned it around, Lisa. So thank you for what you do. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you uh, interviewing me today. I really enjoyed being part of this. And, you know, if I can be of service to anyone, you guys have my website. There's a contact on there and I'm, I'm glad to help. 
And also you're active on social. So continue the conversation. This will be linked up in our show notes today as well. And this particular episode is going to be 193. So go to wellnessforce.com forward slash 193 to learn more about Lisa and everything she's doing that allows people to heal and connect them with people they can trust. Lisa, thanks again. Thank you. Hey, my friend, thank you for hanging out and growing with me on today's show. Remember to hit subscribe, share this podcast with somebody you care about that you think gets to hear this message. Support the show by leaving a five-star review for the podcast right now, simply by tapping on your show artwork on your iPhone. Click that purple link that says review this podcast. It helps the show reach more conscious and smart people like you, and your voice will attract more world-class guests that want to come on the show. So let them hear your voice. For all the downloads, videos, links, and free resources mentioned on the episode, go to wellnessforce.com forward slash radio. And while you're at my house on the web, join us in the Wellness Force community newsletter on that page and I'll send you four free guides around staying healthy with your eating, moving, and sleeping while you travel. But don't let this conversation stop here. Join a group of people like you over at the Wellness Force community Facebook page. This is where we talk about the things that really matter. We share our wins, inspirations, struggles, and a lot more. So join us, tap on the show artwork on your phone and hit that purple link that says join the Facebook group and I will welcome you at the door. Okay, now you get to go out into your world and create impact for the people that you care about. So until I see you again real soon, I'm wishing you love and wellness.